Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. The scripture says in Matthew 1 and chapter 18, that now the birth of Jesus was on this wise when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But when he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, and saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not take unto thee, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For it is he that shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this has come to pass that it might fulfill, be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife and knew her not till she was brought forth a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so the story goes as we celebrate today that Mary and Joseph began to walk through their life. And as they were traveling, you can wait there, Mary and Joseph. As they were traveling, I want to say a little bit of something about their travels because we sometimes think of them being just traveling from one spot to another. Maybe it was not a very long travel and Mary was supposed to be on a donkey and we don't have a donkey here today, but you can pretend, right? Okay, so we'll pretend that Mary was on a donkey and that she's traveling with Joseph and the, the time that they had to travel, what took place was there was a king Obviously, the, the emperor of that time was Roman rule, um, and so there was a Caesar. And all the Caesars had a different first name, but they had the same last name, typically, of Caesar. And so Augustus Caesar had issued a decree that there was going to be a taxation or that all the empires would pay their own taxes. And so there was this was like the first census under a particular ruler or governor in Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee in Judea. And it was the first example of long, long ago in a Galilee far, far away. So what happened is Mary and Joseph, they come to the innkeeper, which is behind them. And the innkeeper tells them that there's no room in the inn. So what we understand of the story is they actually traveled about 70 miles. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're nine months pregnant, traveling on a donkey for 70 miles, you are exhausted. Amen, somebody. Any ladies here want to say amen? And so they're very tired. And the reason why there was no room in the end was very possibly because everyone was coming back to their hometown for the taxation that was necessary, number one. And number two, because they traveled so far, they probably arrived late in the evening and all of the rooms were taken. Now, if you were God and you were going to come to earth, wouldn't you get a room at the Ritz? 
Wouldn't you set up a plan to have a place to stay whenever you got here? But that's how God works. He set aside nothing for himself, but he came to save us. Amen. So he made a plan as a baby that he would grow up and be vulnerable and be all the things that you wouldn't do if you were coming as a king to save a world. He came vulnerable. He came in every way in a shape that would be um, able to be compromised, but yet with his glory intact and with the beauty of God um, on his life. So what happens is they come to the innkeeper and the innkeeper says, there's no room in this inn. So, but we do have a place where you can stay and that's with the animals in the manger. And so Joseph has to oblige because of course his wife is very much with child and he said, okay, we'll stay in the manger. So they begin to proceed and walk to the manger and when they come up the stairs and walk to the manger, Mary realizes that if they're going to stay with the cattle, the safest place to put the baby would be to put the baby in the manger. And so it comes time that Mary has a baby. Uh, Joseph doesn't actually hand her the baby, but you know how that works. <laughs> so Mary has the baby, and she decides, you know what? I should put the baby in the manger. Did you know that Jesus being laid in the manger is not an accident? That the word it's actually a major symbolic spiritual symbol. I don't know if you know this or not, but maybe this is something you can learn. Animals go to the manger for their physical food. This was a place, either a wooden or metal box that had straw in it and would have food for the animals. But the actual physical place where animals would eat was where Jesus was lying on the hay. Um, we can go to the manger for spiritual food as well. What's interesting is that Jesus, in his infant's, was put into the manger as a place to say that this was going to be spiritual food. Or this is going to be the place where you can eat or be fed. So the word manger actually comes from the Greek and it actually means to eat. In other words, when you read John 1 and 1, it said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. And so what the picture here is with Mary and Joseph laying there and putting the baby not on the cold floor, but in the manger where the straw was to wrapped in, wrapped and swaddling clothes. It was actually a vision. What you're looking at right here is a vision of heaven saying, this is my word made flesh and it will sustain you if you will eat it, if you will consume the word of God. In other words, Jesus was the word and now we have the word in written form and when we take it into our life, we become sustained by it. Isn't that gorgeous? That's beautiful. What a picture. You're seeing right here a picture of heaven talking about the anointed word of God. The history behind Jesus' birth in the Christmas story is amazing. So Mary, who had traveled to Nazareth with her husband, journeyed those 70 miles, now has a baby, and she laid him, wrapped him in swaddling clothes. They believed in those times that when you wrapped a baby's limbs and arms in clothes, or the cloth, as the scripture said, that it would help their limbs to grow strong, that they would it would encourage the baby to grow uh, properly, their limbs. So what we find is that there's 
a place where everyone stays typically on the second floor of a building and then the lower floor of the building is where all the animals were kept. And because the inn was full and they're staying in a manger, it could have been in a cave, it could have been at the lower level of a building. We don't really know the exact location. Some scholars say it could have been two or three miles outside of Bethlehem. But this we know. We know that Joseph was of the line and tribe of David. And so he came back to Bethlehem because he had to be taxed in the place where his family lineage came from. So when the scripture prophesied hundreds of, hundreds of years before that Jesus would be born or a king would come from Bethlehem, there were others that knew about this. There were wise men that found out when they searched the scripture that there was a place that a king was going to be born and there was a star that led him, but there was a king named Herod and Herod came in and to the picture in the scene, in the scene that was set for us is that Herod was the king of the area and in the particular time that we're talking about, Herod had quite a bit of power. So Herod was the one that the wise men would report to because being wise men, they would think if a king is born, then the king of the area would know about it, right? If there was going to be a king in a manger or there was a king born and they were following a star to find this baby Jesus, they knew that in Bethlehem the baby would be born and this star led them. And so they came to King Herod and said, where is this king we hear of to be born? They were excited. They were amazed. They, bring, they brought gifts gifts for a king. And they met with Herod and, and they had fr gold, frankincense, and more. I mean, um, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they had plenty of gifts to give. And we would think that those would be very strange gifts to give a baby. You know, it'd probably be better to have pampers and, you know, blankets and wipes and something that would re be useful to Mary. I mean, help the girl out, right? But no, what we end up having is we have wise men who bring gifts fit for a king. They wouldn't think that a king's basic needs would be unmet because he would be a king. All of those things would be taken care of. He'd be in a warm palace. He'd be in a, a wonderful bed or place. But these wise men knew that when you go before a king, you don't come empty-handed. Amen, somebody. And so that's what we do when we come before Jesus as our king. We don't come empty-handed. Sometimes people interpret that as bringing a gift or an offering. Sometimes people interpret that as bringing the gift of praise from your own tabernacle. Amen? And so what we know to do is we know that we're not here just for ourselves this Sunday. If we are going to come before the King who is Jesus, our Lord, we better have something in our hands. Whether it's a praise, whether it's a worship, whether it's a gift to God, something we need to come before the King. And in the times of the kings of those days, you didn't walk in and turn your back to the King. You walked in with your face to the King. And when you left the king's presence. You left the king's presence with your face toward the king. You never turned your back on the king. And I want you to know that Jesus came to prove that he's never turned his back on us. And I'm not going to turn my back on him. Amen, somebody. There's plenty of history and story behind all of this. So Herod is talking with the wise men and he's like, oh, there's a king born. I know nothing of this king. Who is this king? Well, the Magi, they were called, the wise men that came from the east. They traveled far and they said, oh, you don't know? This king is supposed to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And he said, really? This is news to me. Would you go and find this new king? And would you come again and tell me so that I can go and worship him? Because the wise men had come to worship the king. And so the wise men being very wise, 
obviously their name, they said they interpreted and understood that Herod was not interested in going to worship baby Jesus. They understood that Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus because he was a threat to his own throne. So what we find out is that the, the wise men said, okay, Herod, we'll come back and we'll let you know. And then they left and they went and they found baby Jesus. And so before they get there, though, let's pause the story right here because they are, they are still in a place where they would be, you'd think, the wise men that know things, the wise men that have all of the story and have all of the words and have all the scrolls and have the information of where Jesus is going to, you'd think they would be the first one to the, to the manger, but we have to pause the story right here because did you know that God did not give the wise people the first access to Jesus. It was actually, there was a bunch of shepherds keeping their sheep in the fields at night. And the shepherds had wonderful sheep. They had big sheep. They had small sheep. They had sheep that were hard to bring in during the skit. So the pastor has to take time and uh, stall while the sheep are coming in. But what happens is they end up over here, right over here. Everyone say, oh, these are our sheep. Sheep are apparently standing today. But these are our sheep. And what's interesting is the shepherd was watching his sheep by night. And then there's angels that appeared unto them. And they said, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. And so they were celebrating. And the shepherds and the sheep noticed the angels. And they were afraid one sheep even took off. <laughs> and then the shepherd had to go get her. And then both sheep. And then the angels said, do not be afraid. <laughs> this was actually, there's an angel that talked. They said, do not be afraid. That there is exceeding great joy for this day in Bethlehem is born a baby. And his name is called Emmanuel, God with us. And then they sang, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And the shepherds got really happy and really excited. Woo! And the sheep got real excited. They were so excited because they found out that Jesus was born in a manger and they were invited to see Jesus. And so the shepherds came and they followed this, the report of the angels that there was going to be a babe in Bethlehem. And they said he would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so the shepherds knew right where to look because that's where the sheep and the cattle were kept. The shepherds kept looking and they followed the stars and saw baby Jesus. And they were so excited that one of the sheep pulled its head off. <laughs> Nearly. But we saved him. The shepherds saved him. That's what shepherds do. They save the sheep. So excited were they that they were stomping and exciting. And then once this all happened, the wise men came with their gifts for baby Jesus and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And these different things were very precious in those times. And so when they saw baby Jesus, they knew that the story had been told correctly. All the prophecies had been fulfilled. 
And they brought what they knew would be a blessing to a king. And we know that wise men still seek Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's wise of us to look for the Lord. And so in all of this going on, there's townspeople that were over by the, by the innkeeper, and they all began to notice the crowd gathering by Jesus. And Mary reaches over and picks up the baby and holds baby Jesus in her hand. And she is holding God in flesh. For the first time ever, God was incarnate. Jesus, the baby, not only born of a woman, but was, had a father who was God. And Joseph looked on, celebrating that here was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The Bible said that his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All of these things wrapped up in this little baby. How could this be possible, an invisible God now visible in Jesus Christ, an invisible God now giving us peace and joy and hope. And Mary, the Bible said Mary pondered all these things in her heart. She thought, how is this possible? Look at all these, these angels singing, a king that's jealous, sheep that come that have um, gummy snacks, and, and we have wise men with gifts, and we have Joseph going, I'm... I don't know how this all happened, but this is of God. And we have things that took place that could never have happened had God not been there. And then there's other prophecies that were fulfilled. Over 300 prophecies are being fulfilled in this picture that you're looking at right here. There's no possible way that one human being could have made this all happen. You cannot orchestrate the story of Jesus. You could not make it even feasible without the help of God. And so God's own son, born in a manger, and now we celebrate. And today, as we celebrate with wild sheep, this is normal for sheep, just so you know. They have to be corralled. We want to sing a song together as we finish. And today, um, as the short story goes, we're not taking a ton of time, but we just wanted to give a picture and have everybody celebrate together. How many love the story of Jesus? How many celebrate your Savior has come? Not only did he bring peace, but what we are celebrating this Christmas that we have themed is that exceeding great joy that Jesus was to us. How many know that joy has a name and joy came from heaven? Amen. So we can have joy and we can have peace and we can have excitement. So this season, your joy is not in your gifts. This season, your joy is not in the family gatherings as much as we'd like for you to remember that your joy is in Jesus Christ, the babe born, born in a manger, but celebrate that God has come to us. Amen. Praise God. As we sing, go tell it on the mountain. Everybody's going to sing. You can stand and sing congregationally with us. All of our cast is going to sing too. Tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and
They believe that Jesus was born during Sukkot, which is the Jewish festival of tabernacles. So it's great that we have Jesus in the tabernacle today. Amen. I want to invite you to our candlelit service tonight. This is our little story that we wanted to share. We want everybody to participate. We knew we would be quick today because of the times, the attention span of the children. So thank you for being attentive. Thank you for joining us and singing. And we're going to invite all of our cast to get a picture together afterwards. And we invite all of you to join us tonight at 6 p.m. for our candlelighting service. We love you. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Jesus, we thank you for coming, God in flesh. We thank you for the power and the beauty and the glory of this story. Lord, we thank you that this story becomes our story when we not only believe in you, but we walk through the salvation plan of God and that we live out the process that you gave us. Lord God, repentance is in our heart and when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we, Lord God, are baptized in your name. There is something beautiful about the baby being born because that baby grew and died for our sins. Lord God, he came for a purpose and we thank you for this story today. We thank you for the celebration in our heart. We thank you for family gathered around. We will not be confused by all of the circumstances of Christmas. We will not be confused by all the glitter, Lord God, all the tinsel and all the, the corporate aspects of it, Lord. We ask you to keep Jesus first in our life. Help us to remember that joy came from heaven today and Jesus is our joy of the season. Amen, somebody. Amen. Keep Jesus the reason for the season because he is the reason why we have joy in this season. God bless you.